welcome to clobbering time. It's uh, it's been a long time since uh, since since we sh- we shouldn't have left you without a, a a podcast to listen to. That doesn't really work. I thought you were gonna do that. I thought you were yeah. gonna be like without a dope podcast to step to. You know, I I kind of ran out of steam on it halfway through. <laughs> okay, well. I was like, I don't I'm, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> anyway, hi, I'm Tom Bryan. I'm a writer slash editor for StereoGum.com, and uh, I'm here with my friend Damian Abraham in IRL. In person. I guess we right. don't need the in IRL. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's a little redundant, but... You, you fucked that up way less than I fucked up my intro, so <laughs> it's all good. Um, We're in person. Yeah, we are. We've this is so... This I know, like, we've never... We've talked in person before, yes. obviously, but, like, well, yeah, but this is... It's very different to be looking at the person as opposed to staring at the picture of Taylor Wilde that I have by my desk normally that I stare at when I talk to you. Yeah, I just kind of look out my window, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's about the same. <laughs> it's about the same. So yeah, it's a little it's a little unnerving. It's a little, a little unnerving, disconcerting, but yeah. that's okay. We're here we're here in a uh, uh, lovely Richmond, Virginia. Damien's uh, musical combo happens to be playing a performance here, um, and I'm here with my friend Jason. I've just met Jason. Nice to meet you on the radio now, Jason. Let's say hi, Jason. Nice to meet you too. Our podcasts aren't radio. Yes. Um, Jason's uh, Jason's my friend from Charlottesville. He is a uh, filmmaker and professor. Is that? Yes, and I am a fan of professional wrestling podcasts. Also, uh, there <laughs> the we go. sweet science, <laughs> and we're one of the best. Well, that's I hear. That's what I heard. Our ranking might be falling because we haven't done any of these fucking things. No, before. I think we were just talking about neurosis and scarcity. That's what we are. Clobbering time. Oh, that's every every episode is legendary. It's a rare we bird when you finally wait. get one. Um, yeah. So yeah. We've been, whatever, busy doing grown-up stuff, the things that grown-ups do when they're not podcasting. Uh, we'll try to get on a better schedule. You know how it is. We got kids. Got kids. I think we can, I think we will. I think it's more just the first few of finding times that work for both of us. And also this month, for me, has been nuts. Yeah, man. You've been all over the place. I've been all over. And it's like not like I've been away for a while. It's been like coming home, going away, coming home, going away. So it's been like it's been a bit of a bit of a hectic time. So fucked up are on tour right now with the Descendants, but mm-hmm. this is a night off. Is that? I think the best I can figure, the Descendants will do two shows a week, non-consecutive nights. Okay. And then I think they go home. Okay. So we've been out for two weeks with them, but yeah, not that many shows. Yeah, right on. <laughs> but it's been incredible. Like you know, what a. F- what a weird experience to be out touring with the Descendants. And and Nightbird, too, are on this run. And there are few punk bands that love the sweet science of pro wrestling more than the Nightbirds. Yeah, we were going to do it with them. I was going to... Uh, Damien is playing... Uh, or fucked up, and the Descendants and Nightbirds are playing tomorrow night right outside Washington, which is... Uh, I was originally planning on going to, but uh, it was a whole thing. Couldn't do it. Did Richmond instead. But... um. Yeah, man, I saw fucking the Descendants twenty years ago in at the nine thirty club, and they had uh, they had the Bouncing Souls and Swing and Utters opening for them. That was a that was a big show for me. Me so too. You're in you're in August company right there. I saw that in Toronto. Did um, they do? Did they do these? The quotes from our favorite eighties movies. The, oh, they, the Bouncing Souls. Oh, gotta believe they did that did, one. Okay. Did you ever see the Bouncing Souls and then have a quote in your mind and then get close enough to actually do it? No, I never got up to the mic, but I think anyone who saw the Bouncing Souls, you had that quote. Oh yeah. Well, you know? the first time I saw them, which was at that Descendants show, I didn't like. I didn't know that they did that. <laughs> I was. I was like, shit. 
think of a quote, think of a quote. I couldn't think of anything. And then, like, the next time I saw them, I had, like, three or four just lined up. <laughs> just like, in case they would let me keep giving them, I guess. In case you blew them away. Like, yeah, yeah. that's the most original yeah. quote we've ever heard. Like, oh, go shit. again. You hit me with roads where we're going, we don't need roads. Let's, let's, uh, let's see if he's got something else. Oh, he's got something from Hellraiser. This kid's on fire. Yeah. Give him, give him the mic. Did you get to do it? No. <laughs> no, of course not. It was hardy. It's hard to get not. that. There's like a, there's like hundreds of people at that show, and there's only like what three or four times that song they give the mic to the people in the crowd. That one time they did, I feel like they had like eight people give quotes at that one, and then every other time it'd be like one, and then that's it. Yeah, imagine as a band that song would be kind of like oh, fuck. Do we have to play this one again? We have to figure it. <laughs> but anyway, this is not a bouncing souls podcast. Although I I would definitely be interested in doing a bouncing souls podcast well and also if you were and also if you wanted to do a bouncing souls podcast we'd have to probably get like cm punk on and i'm trying to think of like yeah, i don't bouncing know souls we, could, are... we could finagle that well it's, maybe, I, I, maybe have we... his, I have his email address but i don't know if he's if he's down to do our bouncing Souls. what about podcast. subject matter bouncing souls podcast question mark <laughs> question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'll break my media silence for that. <laughs> I I would respect him so much if he did that. He's not going to do it. No, do I respect him anyway. There's a lot of... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. What If you're G- booking your Bouncing Souls wrestling podcast, you need to do El Generico first, right? Yeah, yep. And, Strong and, point. We'd and, have to go down to Mexico. And also uh, Lita. She was friends with Bouncing Souls. And, oh, well, and, yeah, there you go. So we could get... They're like one of the... There's a couple bands... That like wrestlers just like fucking love against me, bouncing souls, and then not the same wrestlers, but uh, but Avenged Sevenfold. I find there's a couple wrestlers I know that really like Avenged and Andrew BK. But you guys okay. I know really like Andrew BK. All of that makes sense to me. Yeah, not a lot of fucked up in there though. <laughs> there's more <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> You're, you're working on it. I got, I got, hey, I got my friends. I got my friends. Like, That's what <laughs> you're not going to be like, hey, Sammy Callahan, check out this collaboration <laughs> with Tanya Tagak we just did. Maybe Sammy Callahan's into it. I don't know. I don't know. You know who, uh, you know, who I did hang out yesterday and got, I got an amazing photo where I got to bring together uh, a, a, a modern legend of deathmatch wrestling and a classic legend of punk. When I had a photo yesterday with Bill Stevenson, me in the middle, and then Jeff Cannonball from CZW on the other side. Classic I bet, photo. I bet Cannonball was the most excited he person was in that. Pretty stoked. Bar. I was I was pretty stoked about okay. it too, just because I'm like, this is the photo that I wanted. This is the photo that I was dreaming of getting and stuff like that. But <laughs> my God, Jeff, uh, it, it is fun. It is fun to be with people that like wrestling. So like Jeff was there, the Nightbirds was there. And you can just talk about wrestling. Everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, that's the that's Shangri La, right? Shangri La never happens. Very rarely. Yeah. Very, very rarely. So in this van, it could happen. We well, yeah, absolutely. We should have maybe like gone over things to discuss. I was from... thinking about that before we press record, and then I was like, "Fuck it, no net." <laughs> <laughs> Call it in the ring. Call it in the ring. So all right. So I would like to discuss the matter of Goldberg. Yeah. How do you feel about Goldberg? Well, I think like. I, I, I like, I, I, you know, I'm not a wrestling historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, and I know people are like, oh, he was terrible. He hurt people in the ring, all this sort of stuff. There have been few better booked wrestlers Mm -hmm. in my time of watching wrestling than him. Like his original run 
and like as and I was just casually watching WCW because we didn't even we, it was on another night. It was kind of hard to see in Canada. Yep. And so watching that run and just getting like bits and pieces of this guy and yeah, like he was so much larger than life that I think if you were just a fan of wrestling at that era, obviously there were probably people that were like you know quote unquote smart fans back then that probably disliked him. But if you were just like myself or I assume yourself, oh, yeah. he is a he is a it looms large in our memories. Yeah, I I would like to say that I fucking love Goldberg. <laughs> like I really love him. Like I would get so fired up watching that guy. And the like, I guess I only really started watching like he was probably already champion by the mm-hmm. time I really like locked into watching wrestling. But like, just the shit he could do. Like he was just this like crazy physical specimen, and he could do like a backflip if he needed to yep. or whatever, or like just. Like, it all looked super badass and really painful, and, like, he really looked like he could be, he could just beat anybody up. Well, he was, like, a monster. Like, I look at that, the way, that whole WCW era, the Kevin Sullivan, like, NWO thing, it's like, you have the uh, hero reborn in the form of Sting, you have the hero ascending in the form of DDP, and then you have the monster. And those are the three things that take down the NWO. Obviously, it got fucked up, but like, did, did like, did Kevin Sullivan tell you this? <laughs> no, this is my okay. this is my interpretation. I've never. I've it's always like spoke, you and Kevin Sullivan explained the Joseph Campbell hero myth. <laughs> no, well, like, no, I did though. The only time I talked to Kevin Sullivan, uh, I asked him to be on Turned Out of Punk because I'd heard all these rumors about how he was into punk, and he uh-huh. and he said yes, and it was at a wrestling show. Uh, and then he started telling me about how he would be able to tell stories about seeing Ike and Tina Turner. And then he mentioned someone else that was clearly from a more funk soul music background. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he thought I said turn out a funk. He to be on the turn out a funk podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think he might have thought I said turn out a funk. Special edition, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would listen to Turned Out a Funk, honestly. Dude, Kevin Sullivan could come on and talk about polka, and I would do it. Like, I could be like, so how did you first get into polka? <laughs> Even if he talked about funk, though, it would be demonic funk. Right? Yeah, it would be, yeah. <laughs> It'd be demon would be funk. Satan yeah. worship. <laughs> yeah. still involved in the funk discussion. <laughs> I find him, his, like, in the modern era, him on his podcast versus him as this, like, character that I see in these old wrestling tapes from Florida so different mm-hmm. so such a sweet seeming person now yep, yeah, and so true. terrifying back then but anyway back to Goldberg yeah I, I mean I just like I always like I loved him I loved his WWE run like I love yeah. that, that uh, fucking Elimination Chamber match where like uh, Triple H has to sick all of Evolution on him and then hit him with a sledgehammer to beat him and, there, and everybody's bleeding everywhere like it, you know if you're gonna beat Goldberg, like that's, that's how to do, do it. it. Yeah, I I remember when he lost, and I was super psyched that he lost. I was like, "Oh my god, Kevin Nash did it!" Even though in retrospect, that was like the worst, shittiest match. <laughs> it just led to all the dumbest things, and it was a terrible decision. But I was like, in the moment, I was like, "Oh my god, he did three! Ah, yeah. like, um." So all that said, I don't know. It was a good idea for him to come back. Yeah, like I don't know. I from what I hear, he's in incredible shape, like okay. unbelievable shape, and has has really kind of kept up what he's doing. The the, the thing that's going to be like, have you heard him on the Cole Cabana podcast? Yeah, he's a fucking dipshit. He seems like, kind of like a jerk. It's, that's a real. That's a real like like he really didn't do his mystique any favors. No. every time he appeared on whatever podcast it was. No, especially the Colt one. Yeah, that was like that was bad. Yeah, it was, it was just awkward. It was just awkward, and you know, you know, Colt was 
wanting it to be good. Yeah. It was like giving him all the opportunities to make it good. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, like listening to that podcast, I don't think he's going to let Brock do anything to him. Oh yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Like he's going to, well, like, how do you do a Brock match unless you let Brock beat the shit out of you? Well, at a certain point, it's like, you know. Brock can pretty much make that decision himself, right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm, that's like. Could this be could like this be just the like opposite Bro of WrestleMania? Could be like the the New Jack Gypsy Joe match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could just be like Brock Lesnar murders an old well, that, man, or that's like, or it's like, or the complete inverse of their WrestleMania match where they barely touched each other because they were both leaving. So they're just like, eh. Into this one, they're just gonna that, murder each that other. Was like, okay, there's so many fascinating things happening there. First, the fact that that match ever happened, that like. WWE built up two indestructible behemoths and then pitted them against each other at the exact moment that both of them were like, fuck it, I'm out of here. And that the crowd knew and the crowd just shitted on it wholesale the entire time. Like, I can't believe that happened. And then, like, and then the fact that that's Goldberg's last wrestling match. Yeah. Like, he hasn't done anything anywhere else, right? No, no I, didn't I don't do think it. So. I think he might do an overseas tour. No? I don't think so. I think he's like, wow. he'll like show up at a, like a, Baseball game, Religions of Wrestling Night, and spear somebody. Like, I think that's, like, what he does now. Like, spear the mascot or whatever. He like, also did, like, an MMA commentary run. Or did he actually... Oh. He has, he yeah, he like about came it. out on oh, some. He? I think you, he, you watch it. Yeah, MMA, I think he did. Yeah, he like he they interviewed him some maybe yeah. some commentary on one of the smaller shows, but I think they would interview him. But isn't this a match against two wrestlers who don't actually like wrestling? Yeah, that's I true, think, too. I, I honestly think Brock, though, must love wrestling. In some level, like I know he must not like the bullshit that he has to deal with, but he's he must be having fun out there now. I feel like on this run, the like I would like having watched the like the triple threat against him and Cena and Rollins, like I would say yes, definitely coming out of that. But like that Randy Orton match was like not really something. Plus, he's like been back in UFC and there's yeah. been all this like tumultuous things happening. Uh, I don't know, man. He, he might not like it yeah that well that randy Or orton match i think is going to be the uh, outlier of the year in wrestling. Yeah, that was just weird <laughs> like, that was just a weird thing but i i'm gonna i'm gonna dork the fuck out for goldberg's entrance i think the entrance is probably like at least like 30 percent of why they're bringing him yeah back. but you got it then are they gonna rebuild the entrance ramp so he could actually come out and breathe in all the smoke from the oh, pyro, I, I hope so. They have to, right? That's what they, I was thinking. Yeah, they like they can't like half-ass that. But like. their ramp doesn't even work that way because you come out of kind of the side and then you come out in front of that little Tron, right? They will blow some smoke for him. <laughs> they'll, they'll, make, they'll build him his own entrance ramp. He'll like it'll be like the old days where like they had the different dressing rooms and they came from different sides. Yeah, it'll just be Goldberg's ramp. Yeah, Goldberg's ramp. That'd be amazing. I loved. Uh, I love that. Also, the, the the police surrounding them. Yeah, like everything about it make it made it feel like this is like dangerous. This is a very yeah scary situation. So, like that face he would make. My uh, <sighs> my best friend from high school. I would go visit him in college, and he lived in this like him and his friends lived in this uh like townhouse that they completely turned into like a shitty flop house the way college students will do as always yeah. and he had this i might have even told this fucking story on the podcast before but probably not because you're looking at me like you haven't heard it before i don't think so um he had this in the their living room there would just be a giant pile of shit and like laundry and trash and stuff that just never moved and they just they threw a blanket over it 
and they put a rubber Goldberg mask on top where he's making the like the ah face he would make when he walked out and then they like put a sombrero on top of the Goldberg mask and they called this giant pile of shit in their living room that they never cleaned up El Goldbergo. So I would always, like, I have so many memories of being, like, drunk in this townhouse at 4 a.m., like, looking over at El Goldbergo. And now every time I, like, see old footage of Goldberg where he's, like, making his face like that and everything, and I just, I imagine this, like, shitty rubber distended version of it with a sombrero on in my friend's living room. Uh, it's going to be hard to shake that image. I don't, I don't know if that's going to really translate too wide if too many other people had that experience. But we all got we all got baggage with that guy. Yeah, like I, I guess with Goldberg, that mask is the one thing that could be a meme unto itself. Because if you do follow that account, Million Dollar Champion on Instagram, have you ever seen that? No. It is. I don't know who does it. It is the funniest wrestling account. <laughs> they posted just a picture of the Goldberg Halloween mask, and it is the most terrifying face I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Because like, they really, they got him in the mid, like, yeah, the screen. mouth wide open, <laughs> like, where, like, you could actually almost picture the little bit of smoke coming out of there. <laughs> yes. They may remake it. They should have, like, a little uh, smoke thing come out of that thing. And I'm sure they're going to be making, remaking Goldberg merch, like, crazy now. Yeah. The best is that that was meant to go on a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bought by a parent for a child it, yeah yeah that thing was nightmare fuel but like in you know instead of who's next who's left like who's left that they could bring back yeah i don't know i mean are they gonna have goldberg wrestle more than one match like well he, he i guess he'd have to be brock then but do you have him beat brock lesnar no no that would well, be i could see him i could see them still have him wrestle like you know, Kevin Owens or whatever. I just, I, I couldn't. Which would be amazing. Like, I mean, yeah. or, or it could be terrible, but like. I would say Goldberg's pride would never, like he seems like the type of person that wants this big money paid in, then he'd walk away. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. Wasn't the greatest thing about Goldberg is that he was just beating people's asses. And then now you're going to put him in a match where you don't, he might possibly lose in his first match back. And then it's like they're starting him at the very top because you have to because they're probably paying him a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. They're not going right? to like have don't... him come in and squash like Kurt Hawkins or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to It's they're not gonna have him like, you know, show up on, on a Raw. Exactly. And well, yeah, it's because it's almost like, what, 15 years since the last time he wrestled? Longer? Yeah, something like that. I think it's 12 or 13. Because that was WrestleMania 20, and I they stopped doing numbers, so I forget which one the last one. I think they're was. Up, I think they're up to 32, right? 33 now. 32 or 33, I forget. Wow, which. it's crazy. It, it's nuts to think that like, do do the wrestling fans even know him? I'm sure they do. Well, I don't know. You would have had to have been 10 back then. You know, like there's probably like a whole crop of 20 year old wrestling fans that don't necessarily know who he is. But they're all on the internet. Yeah, but like, you know, they've got their own Goldbergs now. Do they? Well, I'm sure like they have their own wrestling equivalents of, well, like, no, not really the same era. I, oh, yeah, yeah probably. not really the same era. But like you know, like are they nostalgic for it? Like because uh, the Attitude Era, you know, like that's always been such a point of 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 perfection and nostalgia for WWE fans, mm-hmm. but only of a certain age. Like I think if you miss that era and you just look back on it now, you're like, actually, it was kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah. Um. And, and so, embarrassing. And, and embarrassing. Definitely. I, I trust them to be able to make a big, big deal out of a, a Goldberg return. I think, like, 
they're definitely going to make a huge deal out of it, especially yeah. if they're giving Brock. And to, like, actually get people excited about it. And how about this? This is, like, the other return that's kind of gone under the radar. Mickey James is wrestling in NXT. She is? Against Oscar. They just announced that last night. Yeah. But they didn't actually bring her on, did they, or did they? No, I don't think they brought her on. I think they just said it, right? Or yeah. I, I just read about it on Twitter. I, I haven't watched it. I've not been paying attention exactly. right then. I think they just showed, they just showed a, like a, a graphic for it. That's great. I know. That is what I'm more excited for than the Goldberg return. Granted, I'm in Toronto, so I get both of them. But, you know, I'm more excited for the Mickey James. Unless they pulled off, unless they hold off the Goldberg thing till later. But I heard it was Survivor Mickey Series. James uh, from, from right here in, uh, in Richmond, Virginia. She's from Richmond, Virginia? I think so. Whoa, I wonder if she'd like to veil. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I've, I've heard her music. I've heard her music, There's not a whole too. lot of a veil influence No. There. But all, like, uh, everyone I know who, like, worked with her said she's, like, one of the coolest people. She is, like, so fun to hang out with and super awesome. I went backstage at a TNA show once, and she was definitely the only person who randomly said hi to me. And, like, See? did anything to make me feel welcome. Like, Bully Ray was not, was not like, <laughs> rolling out the red carpet for me. Uh, I went to this, uh, <laughs> I went to shoot this indie show one time for this thing, and I asked the guy that brought us there, who was a wrestler, I'm like, yo, is it cool that we're going to be shooting in this locker room? You've cleared it with everyone there? Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, they know you're coming. They know you're coming. Anyway, we walk into this locker room, he does a beeline and walks out <laughs> the other entrance, and just leaves the camera crew in there, and they're filming all these wrestlers, and I'm like reading the situation i run out and ask him i'm like are you sure it's cool like you cleared this all these people he's like no i don't think <laughs> i don't think it's cool that you guys are in there you got to get them out of there right now i run in i just see eddie kingston like, just, <laughs> about to smash our cameraman in the face i'm like let's get the fuck out of here let's get the fuck out of here uh, no one got hurt though no one got hurt <laughs> yeah the wrestling locker rooms to me that's like uh a line and do not cross. Yeah, yeah. It's no, like, I've I've had like glancing contact with them, and it's been immediately apparent like yeah. where I should not be. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and there. Oh, I wasn't even in the locker room. It was just the like their like shitty green room where they had like a spread of like celery and wings. Well, I would protect you <laughs> from those wings. <laughs> I mean, I would protect the wings from you. I should yeah, say. Yeah, but uh, however, not going to hurt me. The, way, the wings yeah. are the least of my concerns. In that, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I could choke on more, a bone, maybe. More bully ray putting you in a chicken wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be more of a concern. Um, Is he bigger in real life than you thought? He was sitting down, but he was louder. Yeah, he was like he was extremely loud. Like there was like this. It was weird. They were watching bowling on TV. Bowling? Uh, yeah, bowling. It was just <laughs> what was on TV, and there was this moment. Where they watched, where like some guy won a champ, it like went viral later. Like I remember seeing it on Video Gum, like a couple <laughs> days later. This like bowling moment, the one bowling moment that ever went viral. I happened to be in the room for for like five minutes, and I saw it. And um, there's this guy like freaking out, celebrating, and every wrestler in the locker room started cheering this guy so loudly. And I was like. <laughs> God, this must be such a boring environment for these guys that they're like really going nuts for this like fucking bowling event happening. Like, I, I don't know, made me kind of sad. Yeah, I, I I gotta see this bowling event though. Like, if it's enough to go viral and make you know a Dudley lose his shit, 
It's got to be a pretty cool moment. Well, that was a TNA event with a 90% empty arena, right? Yes, yes, it was. So. <laughs> 90% would probably be kind there. I guess TNA should... would come to the fucking basketball arena in Charlottesville, like the an actual like arena size arena, like yeah. where Taylor Swift plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah they did. They did the same in Toronto. They did um, where uh, the Marlies play, like the minor league hockey team, and where like uh, Phoenix played, and it wasn't sold out when Phoenix was super hot, and they played there. Like it's a big ass venue. And then TNA ran it, and it was... Crickets. Uh, and I felt so bad, because it's like... And you look, especially now, you look at who they had kind of come through that door, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's just the company fucking it up, because this is the talent that is kind of at the top of the industry. So we should discuss TNA right I was, now. We definitely should. Because, like... The lawsuit today came Yeah, out. yeah. So Billy Corgan... The fact that Billy Corgan is involved in this in any way is such a fucking trip, but now Billy Corgan, presumably maybe about to become the owner of the company, is suing the current owner of the company mm-hmm. for, I don't even know what. I think they, uh, from what I understand, they haven't released all of the details of the suit. He has requested a restraining order, though, too. Against her. Against her. Um, and there's also, in the suit... Uh, I guess it's, he's he's also going for a media ban on it. Okay. So people don't find other details, I guess. So I, I, I'm sure they're not very flattering details to him. Then. No, somehow. it's 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 so because it's like this relationship went so sour so quickly, extremely quickly. Because like two weeks ago, he was going to own this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like. No, it's it's really weird, and also like I watched. About half of Bound for Glory, I couldn't make it through the whole thing, but like, and I only watched it because it was like, this could be the last TNA show. Like, it could just be about to shut down. Well, I think it's also they've they're doing the best stuff they've done since that sort of Scott, yeah, Tukamor Demora era where they had like yeah, Angle versus Joe, and they had like Team Canada. They had like a lot of interesting stuff kind of in that period. Well, they finally figured out something to do that's different than everyone else. Yeah. Or, you know, or at least, you know, they got their own lane finally yeah. and something that people are actually excited about. They also I don't know, a- though, like, everything that I watched, like, I watched, like, the first half, so I still haven't seen the main event and stuff, and maybe I'll come back to it, but everything I saw was, like, pretty bad. Like, pretty boring. I don't know. I, I, I like I like Bobby Lashley as, like, a, as like a champion. I thought he was great. I thought, uh, I think, Broken Mad Hardy is like yeah, that stuff is fun for that, sure. That's like it is fun. <laughs> that's the thing about TNA. There was a period there where it just feels like you were on Death Watch, and it, and, and people are still on Death Watch yeah. with TNA. But like, at least Mad Hardy found a way to change the narrative. Oh yeah, I mean he's gonna get he's gonna get signed to WWE because of it. I, I think I would love to if someone was just like, you know what? Why don't you run this wrestling company on TV for a while? Let's see what. You know, oh, for TNA? Well, like not even necessarily TNA, because I think TNA is such a broken brand at this mm-hmm. point. But if someone was like, what would... like? I, I heard Jeff Hardy on Conan's podcast today, and he was going on about all the different characters that he has in his mind. What if someone just said to the Hardy boys, and, and I guess Jeremy Borash is also helping him with it, like... Create your own wrestling universe, gentlemen. Well, they're doing an episode like from the compound. From the whole, yeah, the whole thing, right? The whole thing is, and they, I mean, and they were talking. It was on the, on the internet, like the the plans for it, and I don't know, like, uh, if this is true, but they said that like Grotto is gonna wrestle a kangaroo, (laughs) and like, 
Oh, the smoking Joe Frazier is uh, yeah they, reborn into a kangaroo. They spirit is in a they, kangaroo. They talk about that on the Conan podcast. Yeah, Jeff Hardy was talking about and and, and was talking about actually sparring with a kangaroo. Yeah, and that like what? Yeah, Matt Hardy was sparring. They're gonna really have a kangaroo on that? I don't think they can. But like, I think you hire a kangaroo. Kangaroos, they used to box, right? In one of the episodes, they he went, he was going through all his his zoo and introducing all the characters, and he introduced a kangaroo that is like this has the spirit of is the reincarnated Joe Frazier. They have a zoo. Yeah, and he has uh, and he and he has monkeys, and he calls them the spot monkeys. Like, oh, Jesus Christ! Like, so gotta, there, are they, gotta, so he's like Pablo Escobar or whatever. He, they have their own private zoo, like on, well, that, on that compound. compound yeah, yeah. It's just they use their WWF money to buy like a like a ton of land in North Carolina, and they just you know have a zoo and you know uh, tribal manicured lawns and. Just, they must have made so much more money than I would have thought. Well, the, but that's also I think that's the same land their dad owned. Okay. That they grew up on, and they uh, just had I don't like, think tons the land of money. Is the expensive thing. I think that. Building and maintaining oh. a zoo full of animals would be the that would like, like, there's no way that's like well a wise f- investment. When I interviewed Chris Jericho, I did it at a comic book store, and in the comic book store there was a lemur, there was a bunch of monkeys, and there was an alligator in a comic book shop. Where the <laughs> fuck is this comic book store? In Woodbridge, Ontario, just outside. I want to go there. It is the crazy. You have an alligator in a comic book store. I sw- it's called Woodbridge Heroes, and I interviewed Chris Jericho for his podcast. That's where we did it. And there's parrots, there's all sorts of stuff. Where do they keep the alligator? In a giant alligator tank right by all the wrestling action figures. They have an LGN, like a whole LGN like wall and the rings and all this stuff and, and like some in the package still mint on card and all this bullshit. Not mint, but close enough. And then they've got like an alligator tank. <laughs> like a giant alligator tank. Wow. Yeah. This world, man. <laughs> there's things happening in this world that I just, I just mystify me. Well, I'm just like I'm sitting there, and I'm like, how? I'm first of all I'm blown away by this comic book shop. Were you high? Uh, I'd kind of like I didn't. You never know with a wrestler if they're going to be the one who really wants to smoke weed or not. And I've never broached the topic with Jericho because I just don't want to find out what the answer is. Okay. So no, I was I was sober by this point, but I would wish I was high because know what they brought at the end for us for catering, a tray of oysters. Wow. <laughs> like a fucking tray of oysters. That sounds great. It was the weird... Like, it sounds like a great day. It's the weirdest comic book shop. <laughs> but yeah, so like I guess the Hardys, if this comic book shop can have an, an alligator and a lemur and a bunch of birds, then maybe this comic book shop... Maybe this uh, Hardy boys can have their kangaroos. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm sold. That, sounds good. i tell you one thing. i got to go to that compound. Seems like that would be a fun place to hang. I feel like you could probably make that happen. You could work some connects and hook Might that up. Might have to up. work some connects. Might yeah. Have to, might have to call some people. Do some do some painkillers <laughs> with Jeff Carter. Yeah. No, I bet you, I, I, bet, I think he's sober now. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. Because, like... He looks good. Yeah, he looks great. And that's the thing is he looks great. They both seem super positive and seem like... Because they're, they're, they're people, like, much like Goldberg, like... Being a fan, you get to see their entire ascent. Like in WWE, yeah. you get to watch them kind of come up, and then, you know, and then to see them go through that sort of darker period a couple of years ago, it's nice to see them creatively engaged and in a place where they actually are seem to be happy and doing. And they kind of hung out in TNA through some really dark times and got to a point where they could just do whatever they fucking want. Yeah, yeah and I true. think that's like pretty much every wrestler's dream, right? Well, I'm sure Jeff Hardy was like at, you know, over the course of their company's run, one of their 
best-selling merchandise people. Oh, probably they're for only. sure. Uh, Jason and I, we went to a TNA show. We saw him uh, wrestle your friend MVP, and that was like, what crowd was there was there exclusively for Jeff Hardy. It, yeah, yeah, it was like almost all Jeff Hardy super fans that were. It was us and like a bunch of people in like full face makeup, <laughs> yep. like girls with shirts, like with him on it and stuff. And like they, they like there was not many people there, but when he came out, they like they they went nuts. Yeah, I, yeah. I went to uh, the show that I didn't go to with you because I've seen. T- two TNA shows in this arena. Uh, the first one, there was a guy who was like super scrawny with like a ponytail, and I think he was he had on eyeliner, and he was definitely like doing devil sticks outside the arena before the show. And like Jeff Hardy was like wrestling Bobby Roode in the main <laughs> event, and when Bobby Roode comes out and does the like pose on the turnbuckles and stuff, this guy stands right in front of one of the turnbuckles, turns his back takes his shirt off and he has tattoos of the Raw and SmackDown logos on his back <laughs> and he does that to like to Bobby Roode for some reason <laughs> and you could definitely see Bobby Roode go what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's like also like I'm glad that we have this period of wrestling where you get to see guys like Bobby Roode you get to see like mm-hmm. all these people like Finally, on a platform where they can succeed. Yeah, yeah, like not in TN. Like yeah, Samoa Joe is doing incredible. Samoa AJ Jim. Styles is doing incredible. Uh, Are you talking about Eric Young? Yeah. Oh yeah, Eric he Young. He debuted last night. Yeah. He, have you seen? The no, I didn't see. He debuted last night. As part of Sanity. Oh my yeah, it's God. their new. They're it's really their new. Cool. Uh, like they look like like rioters from a video game like they all yeah. have like bandanas on and it's like eric young and some jobbers and they like there's a big like reveal NXT that it's eric young developmental guys yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but there's like they eric young has a new um has a new finishing move where he like does like he like german suplexes a guy but then when he's in the air grabs him and diamond cutters him whoa it looks amazing like it looks impossible it doesn't it's not it's like against physics yeah we're like, talking about, like, who else can he do it to? Yeah, yeah. like, because he does it to Ty Dillinger, so that's not, like, a super big guy. Like, he's not going to do that Smoke to... Smoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, yeah, any of those, like, huge guys. But NXT's been fucking great lately. Yeah, it's, it is, like, you know, like, I, I think consistently now the best oh, for thing sure. they're like, doing in that company. Like, you know, CWC was amazing, but it was, like, a... It was a little blip. A Maybe blip. they'll do it again, but, like... Yeah, the worst NXT TakeOver special is better than the best main roster pay-per-view, I think. Yeah. And they're not afraid to do tournaments, which is uh, something that like the the main roster uh, hates, I guess. Or yeah. Like they always say that like Vince doesn't like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like it really it really fills up a show. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome. Yeah, With they're the so much fun. Built-in storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's you can like do all kinds of little divergent things off of what happens in the different elimination rounds. Well, that's the thing about like the G1. Like it sets up the entire next six months of stuff for them. Like they get all these things coming out of those tournaments. Yeah, I haven't been watching New Japan at all lately. Uh, I've been following it a little bit, like just kind of picking up on key stuff and just watching those things. But you know, it's Kenny Omega right now. It's uh, you know, as a Canadian. Oh, you're feeling you're feeling the pride, feeling the feeling glow. a little bit of pride. You you well, you watch him wrestling. You like sing "O Canada" softly. To <laughs> a little bit, maybe just a little. <laughs> but I think he's like I, I love him because I think he's also got the personality as well as being a great wrestler. And I think the fact that he can speak Japanese is going to be yeah. That's that's all. although he doesn't really seem to do it. Like he does. 
Well, because it makes them a baby face, right? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, in Japan, like, it goes... Just from talking from personal experience, like, when people find out that you're into Japanese culture, they're very happy to kind of engage you about it. Okay. That you've taken the time to kind of, like learn about like Japanese punk bands or like even Japanese wrestling I'm talking to a random person about you know Tiger Mask and mm-hmm. stuff they're like oh you like that you're like so I think the fact that he's learnt Japanese would really endear him to that crowd if they ever want to make him a baby yeah and I think they he might, might never be. do I, well yeah you're right they might not he's gonna he's gonna be main eventing the Tokyo Dome as a you know as like are the Bullet Clubs even heels at this point like are they yeah, kind of like yeah I, I don't know I mean I, I also haven't really been watching he fucking could, there's so much WWE right now that yeah. like just keeping up with that and NXT and I like I think Lucha Underground is the best thing on TV so I keep watching that like that's I'm fucking drained man that's like all I can do. Well, there's six hours of WWE a week. I don't not count pay per Like I haven't I don't watch SmackDown at all. I don't hardly watch Raw, but just the pay per views, man. Like it yeah. took me like five days to get through. What was the one that just happened? No mercy. No, no mercy. mercy. Yeah. It's funny because like I don't even know. Now, which pay-per-views just happen, or which pay-per-view is coming up, and which pay-per-view is, is like, that weekend? They're, we're, they're going to have to do something about that. You just, just have to let it wash over you. I, I, don't think they, and I don't think they do need to do anything about it, because, like, they now just kind of live in their own world. It's like, you watch the pay-per-view or don't. Yeah. Like, Put like, the main event on at 8 o'clock? Yeah. Who gives yeah, a no, shit? They, Who well, gives they a did shit? That, I guess... Because they had the. If you, did you watch No Mercy? Yeah, I watched the, after the fact the okay, uh, main yeah. event at the start, and which was I thought the main event was amazing. It was great. Yeah, Ziggler versus Miz was amazing. Also very good. Um, Couldn't make it through uh, uh, Orton. Uh, uh, what's his fuck? Oh, Wyatt. yeah, that was a weird one. There was some like slow stuff. I think, on it. I think Orton might like suck more than we realize. Like he might just be in a funk or something. Yeah, he might be still like reeling from that. Brock thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's like, true. Yeah. From having his like face <laughs> it's like he nearly have his face torn off. If he were in the UFC, like he wouldn't be back for like a year from yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Like, he got, you know, legit beat up. Yeah. Like that's the and that's the especially in this era, that's why I was so surprised they let him go back just because of even maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked then, because like I would just think for the sense of propriety you'd you'd have to, you know, hold them back mm-hmm. from T V. Because he's going to get, I don't know, if he gets hit again, like maybe it'll be like Daniel Bryan, not be able to wrestle anymore. Or he's good. Because concussion issues is it's benching a lot of people at this point. Yeah, it is. And that's when you get really hurt, is when you get hurt and then you go back and get hurt again. Yeah. yeah. That's when you, you know, that's when you do the real damage. Man, I am glad I just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having to do with this shit. Oh. <laughs> uh. But I think this is going to be like, um, like I think that now that we're in this weird wrestling boom period again, where like everything's happening, you know, you just can't really judge it by the same metrics you used to judge it, which are TV ratings, because mm-hmm. they don't really. Because nobody watches TV. Yeah, like no one watches TV, and like, and especially now in the six hours of WWE canon content a week, like who has time? To watch it on TV, like you watch it later on. You watch like the one match you want to watch, or you watch the one thing that everyone's talking about after the fact, or you flip around. Or yeah, I wonder if anybody even watched No Mercy live instead of the debate. 
you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying that there's no one underinformed about political issues in wrestling <laughs> community? That would be just... Well, I don't know. Well, fucking the political debate is wrestling. At That's this true. Point. I know, but there's still like, like... I was I was I was way more invested in that than in any fucking wrestling match I've seen in a long time. And like, it wasn't just wrestling. There was also football then, or there wasn't just debate, right? Yeah, there was also yeah. football or something else big happening. Oh, in Toronto, it was uh, episode two of Westworld. <laughs> and Toronto wasn't it the Blue Jays playing or something? We did. We were something happening for us too. When they uh, when at the beginning of the was debate, there like was there hurling on? No hurling. No, that's an Irish thing. We no, have curling. Curling. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the debate when the, the the moderators were like introducing it and talking about the issues and sort of like bringing you up to speed on everything that was going to happen i had the same like feeling in my stomach like right before like a, a brock lesnar match or like a really exciting like ufc mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. you know i was like oh like you're where you're like you're excited but then also like you kind of feel nauseous your whole gut yeah yeah because like the worst case scenario here is you're not disappointed and you don't just get to complain about wwe undercutting all your favorite wrestlers in this case it's your country yeah, it's the complete and total apocalypse <laughs> i'm so fucking stressed out about this shit i want to have on my friend uh jeremy gordon who's a writer for spin now he used to be a pitchfork oh yeah, yeah he wrote this thing called everything is wrestling for the new york times a few months ago about how like we're like everything is super kayfabe and we're all in on it and like Donald trump doesn't believe half the shit he says but that's just like he's playing a role yep um and uh yeah man it's if anything it has become more and more and more like that yeah oh definitely like like everyone's cynical about the government on on all sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. in you know what this is speaking from an outsider (laughs) as a canadian (laughs) you guys must be like just pointing and laughing just thank god that's not us well no because i think uh we had our moment we had our rob ford oh come on it's not even not even on the same level it's not on the national level but if you actually look into Rob Ford, it's not because he was a uh, he had drug substance issues. He was a he was a scary evil person for okay. so many reasons. Um, and uh, yeah, like we didn't elect him nationally, but we definitely you know elected him in Toronto, and people loved him, and he probably could have won again. Wow. You know? That's not nah, probably uh, not. He probably couldn't run again. Are you, were you like, when it was looking like Trump could pull it off, were you like bracing for the influx of like pissed off Americans to move up there? Uh, I think we, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, I, I just never thought. Oh, you were just like, it's not going to happen? Well, I just, I just hoped, you know, <laughs> like I just hope. Well, did you at least think for a moment, like if this happens, it's going to be like the best thing to happen to punk in a long time? No. No, because, like... No, I don't think that's true at all. Yeah, because... Like, Punk didn't have a great eight years under George W. Bush, you know? Well, we did, we did get Punk Voter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really changed the world there. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. No, it's... it's uh, I, Yeah, it's really weird, because obviously Canada, like, you feel... Like, it feels like your election. Like, you have no say in it. It's mm-hmm. not your country. But it affects you so much, and because your pop culture is so dictated by America, that it just feels like your election. So it really felt like, wow, like it. it and also because Canada tends to react to American politics like five years after the fact, or six years after the fact, or longer. Like, oh, so you were you're gonna get your own Trump then in a couple years? Be like, <laughs> like what? 
It would be Doug Ford or uh, O'Leary from the Lang O'Leary Exchange, who was on Shark Tank in Canada, which is called Dragon's Den. I think it's Dragon's Shark- Den? That's so much better. I think it started in Canada or in England. I don't know, man. And then I've you- never even seen an episode of Shark Tank. you never seen it? Nah. Picture a bunch of rich people uh, complaining about other people's ideas. It's a pretty entertaining show. No, it's not. (laughs) It is what it is. Uh, Hey, we're getting pretty far. We are so off wrestling now. It's probably been. How long have we been doing this for? We got 45 minutes in. What other wrestlers are from Richmond? There seems like there's a bunch. Uh, Mickey James and Lita lived here for a while. Lita definitely lived here for a while. Um, Who else from Richmond? You know better than me. I don't know. I know the Baltimore people because those are the people I can claim. Like, I have no claim over Lita. Oh, Static Shock? I don't even know who that is. I don't think I got the wrong name. I got someone from uh, Lucha Lucha Underground, I think. Anyway, we should go find all these wrestlers. They're probably wrestling. It's it's Friday night. Yeah. Or whatever night you happen to be listening to this, it's that night. Yep. It's, when, it's evergreen. Whenever this should go up. Whenever this goes this, up. This doesn't, it's, we exist outside of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no temporal uh, binds that trap us this earth. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we're we're going to plug all our shit now. It's the part of the show where we do that. Uh, I'm Tom Bryan. You can find me on Twitter, at Tom Bryan. You can find my stuff that I write on Stereogum.com or my, uh, my action movie column on the AV Club. Uh, how about you, Damien? I understand you're in a band of some sort. I play in a band called Fucked Up. You can see us tonight if you're listening to this in the past, and we're playing Richmond. And other than that, you can probably see us in England. We're going to be playing England in a few weeks. Uh, and uh, you can find me on all various forms of social media, at Left for Damien. And uh, please subscribe to this so you will always find clobbering time when it sneaks up on you. Yeah, this was sneaks up on you behind you with a steel chair <laughs> exactly. just to betray you <laughs> with a new episode. Jason, you want to plug anything? Uh, well, thanks for having me on the podcast. I would definitely recommend trying to find Damien and Tom if you can and asking to be to sit in on a podcast. Yeah. It's very fun. And uh, <laughs> I make uh, short documentaries about weird stuff like demolition derbies and haunted hotels, and you can watch those at robinsoncobras.com. Yeah, do that. Um, that sounds right up my alley. I went to the Amityville Horror House the other night. Oh, sweet. It looks kind of different, though, now. It's just a regular house. Like, people live there, right? Yeah, people live there. It's like a, a multi-million dollar house, too, I think. It's, like, super nice. Yeah, like, I think it was just it was just up for sale. Yeah. And well, they're, they're okay with people, like, showing up in their no, front yard to golf? they got a huge fence in front of it. <laughs> okay. And they changed the facade so it looks different. Okay. But it still feels kind of creepy. But why would you pay that much for that house and be like... I like. I'm just like. If you own that house, why don't you just do it up exactly like people remember it, or make it like a ghost museum? Yeah, and then Airbnb it. Yes. You know the haunted hotel. Oh my god! I imagine that neighborhood though. Your neighbors would be pissed because it's all super nice houses around there. But those neighborhood boards. Well, this is this is for our. Uh, Clobbering our deep uh, real estate who are still listening. <laughs> yeah. after, yeah. But if you Airbnb to Amityville Horror House, you're gonna have, like. Are you going to tell people like you know you can't do weird shit if you you know if you rent the room or whatever? Like no, you know. Oh, yeah, people them. would definitely be like, I decided I was gonna rub my blood all over the ceiling. Exactly. Well, no, people would bring their Ouija boards in and like try and summon the ghosts. Then they you dig your own grave with that one. 
Yeah, what happens if you do the Airbnb and you rent it out to people and then a ghost actually comes and possesses somebody? Like, are you legally liable for that? No, you have that in your, your agreement. Oh, like, absolutely. Warning, okay. you might be killed by a ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's a poltergeist because it can move objects. But if it's one of those, like, ghost movie ghosts where just a book falls on your head and you die, like... You, and then the cops are like, well, this is very suspicious as a tragic death, but there's obviously not ghosts involved. <laughs> if you could consent to being killed by a ghost, that would completely change the entire situation. I think a lot of people would be into that. I think the whole scary part about getting ki- killed by ghosts is that you don't know that they're coming, right? Yeah, and they just come out of nowhere. <laughs> you don't sign up for it. But if you're I, just ready for it and a ghost comes and kills you, you're like, sweet. Exactly. This is a great story to tell in the afterlife. I'm ready. <laughs> I think also... Uh, oh, you died of a heart attack? I got killed by a ghost. <laughs> and then you have to see that ghost every day. Like, dude, you killed me. Because you're dead now, too, right? You're a ghost. If there's a ghost, no. you got to become a ghost. Is, is, is that the rule? I don't know. I haven't asked one. <laughs> I didn't see any around to ask him at the, at the house. Well, but if you uh, Google Amityville... Horror House on Google Maps is like the first suggestion that comes up, and it's actually tagged. I think I saw like it. I think it was up for sale. I'm yeah, no, sure. Like I saw like the Zillow page or whatever for it. It was probably millions of dollars, right? Yeah, it's like right on the water. Did it have its like Zillow page in the like the blood dripping font? <laughs> like, <laughs> handsome five bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but seven people were murdered there, so that's actually. Oh probably why people don't want to live there too that could also be why uh, it's a really scary place anyway this has nothing to do with wrestling hey, happy halloween everybody <laughs> thanks for listening everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.